From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, Jr., the state Democratic convention was held in Milwaukee over the weekend, and a lot of top Democrats spoke, including Governor Tony Evers and U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin. The overall recurring message was the desire to beat President Trump next year. How fired up were the delegates, and how confident did they seem at being able to defeat Trump? Well, you know, you got to remember these conventions are kind of like a, a rally to boost boost the energy levels of the delegates, so they're primed. The pump is primed for those guys to get excited, and so it's not hard to get them worked up. Um, obviously, there was some disappointment among delegates and the speakers about the spring Supreme Court race, but they used that as a reminder you can't take an election off. Uh, there's a little bit of a sense that many Democrats took for granted the Supreme Court race, that Lisa Neubauer was going to beat Brian Hagedorn, but obviously it didn't happen. So they realized, or they, the speakers reminded these guys not to let up, foot off the gas and keep the focus on 2020. First Supreme Court race in the spring when Daniel Kelly is up to retain a 10-year term. And then for Donald Trump, he's the ultimate prize for Democrats next fall. It was clear that they are ready to go uh, to go after him. Governor Tony Evers was the keynote speaker at the convention. Besides 2020, he looked ahead to 2022. He told the crowd that Democrats should send former Governor Scott Walker and Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson packing in 2022 if they are indeed considering running for governor or U.S. Senate. How was Governor Evers' message received? He had two messages. One, you know, he kind of made fun of himself that people called him boring last year. And he said, you know, it's not boring to be looking to expand the Medicaid program, provide more health care to people. It's not boring to protect uh, women's uh, rights to make decisions about health care. And he also kind of laid down a, a little bit of a gauntlet to Republican lawmakers on budget, reminding people that he has one of the most powerful veto pens in the country, and he's kind of signaling he's ready to use it. So there was that. But also the part of his message was that, you know, Democrats have this very crowded field for president right now. And when he ran for governor, there were 10 people in the field. And he made a joke about how it seemed like almost everybody who was there at the convention was running it sometimes. But that primary, he said, made him a better candidate for a fall election because it focused on the issues, not on personalities. And he argued that as long as this crowded field for president does the same thing, keeps a focus on the issues, doesn't get pulled into a dispute about personalities or get dragged into the mud by Republicans, then it could be a good thing for Democrats. And put them in better position to beat Donald Trump next fall. Two candidates for Wisconsin Supreme Court who are backed by Democrats also spoke at the convention. Marquette Law Professor Ed Fallone and Dane County Circuit Judge Jill Karofsky addressed the crowd. They also signaled support for certain positions on abortion and immigration if they are elected. Did you find it unusual that they spoke at the party's convention and took stands on such hot-button issues? Well, they didn't, like... They didn't say, I would vote this way or I would do this. But, you know, they send say, well, that's more and more common in Supreme Court races anymore. I mean, Brian Hagedorn did it as a conservative uh, this spring. Uh, Lisa Neubauer tried not to. And at times it actually seemed to kind of not help her because there are people who wondered if she did enough to fire up the, the liberal base. I mean, that didn't help her, her campaign this spring. But, you know, this is not unusual anymore. We saw Hagedorn attended. The Republican convention in 2018. He didn't uh, speak to the convention, but he was there. Um, 
Also in 2017, uh, then Milwaukee Judge Rebecca Dallet and Middleton Attorney Tim Burns addressed the Democratic Convention. Had it running in 2018. Uh, Dallet then won. So, you know, look, the Republican Party of Wisconsin has been a big player in Supreme Court races. And talking to both the candidates for chair and the outgoing chair, Martha Lanning, they all talked about getting more involved in Supreme Court races. These are these are only nonpartisan uh, in name only. They are truly partisan races. It's clear who the D and the R is in those races. And um, I don't think it's any surprise that this is an extension of that. Now, the question is, does it go beyond what's acceptable? Um, you have to be kind of careful as a judge about what positions you take or if you indicate the way you would rule because that's considered inappropriate. And I don't know that anybody this weekend said flat out, if this case comes before me, I would rule this way. They're not doing it like that, but they're sending signals about who they're going to, who they're, you know, courting for votes ahead of next year. Meanwhile, Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson was in Milwaukee on Friday, and he signaled that he may run for a third term in 2022 or possibly run for governor that year. Johnson vowed when he first ran for Senate in 2010 that he would only serve a maximum of two terms. Now he says things have changed and he would consider a third bid in order to stop what he called Looney Tune policies of the far left. What do you make of Johnson's comments? Um, you know, on the one hand, it it would be a break of a promise if you ran for the Senate, because, you know, there two other options are running for governor or you know, not running at all. So we'll see what he does. But, you know, the argument he would make about running for Senate again is that things have changed. He didn't expect to be in a situation where he's the only statewide elected Republican. So they made him think differently. We would see if voters would hold it against him. You know, governor is definitely an option uh, for him if you want to run for something like that. Obviously, Scott Walker is still out there. Uh, there are there any number of people who could run for U.S. Senate or governor, depending on how things shake out with, with Ron Johnson, what he decides to do. So you know, I'd stay tuned, watch for more signs of what he's going to do. Um, but the argument, again, would be for Johnson. is like, look, things change. Um, he's the last Republican out there, so he feels a sense of you know, obligation in some ways to run for the party. The thing to watch is what happens in 2020 with President Trump. Um, the last decade in Wisconsin, we've seen the party in power in the White House have a difficult time in the midterm elections. If Trump wins re-election in 2020, you would think it'd be a decent year for Democrats in 2022. If Trump loses, however, then it can be much tougher sledding for Democrats because they'd have a Democrat in the White House. You might see even more Republicans who are kind of chomping a bit to run in a scenario like that. But that's, you know, that's ages away. So let's keep focused on what's happening in 2020 first. That might give us some signals, though, about what might things might look like in 2022. And finally, Republican legislative leaders say they'll scrap Governor Evers' budget proposal to raise the gas tax to help pay for roads. The gas tax is one of many items that Republicans have removed from the budget. Did this announcement surprise you, and what alternatives to the gas tax do Republicans have up their sleeves? No, it wasn't a surprise because it was always going to be a tough sell to get enough members of the Senate Republican Caucus to go along with the gas tax hike to get the support to pass it. Uh, just it always looked difficult because there's a good section of that, that caucus is to suppose the idea of increasing taxes, one, and two, giving more revenue to the Department of Transportation. So the things to watch, uh, fee increases possibly, uh, maybe tolling, but that would not be for until down the road. So it would be an immediate solution, probably some borrowing. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. 
You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.